Part 2, Chapter 1, Section 47 of The Life of Jesus Critically Examined by David Friedrich Strauss. Translated by George Eliot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 2, History of the Public Life of Jesus. Chapter 1, Relations Between Jesus and John the Baptist. Section 47, Opinion of the Evangelists and Jesus Concerning the Baptist with his own judgment on himself result of the inquiry into the relationship between these two individuals the evangelists apply to john as the preparer of the messiah's kingdom several passages of the old testament the abode of the preacher of repentance in the wilderness his activity in preparing the way for the messiah necessarily recalled the passage of isaiah chapter forty verse three and following from the septuagint phon e bountos en erimo hetoi mas atai tin hodon curio etc this passage which in its original connection related not to the messiah and his forerunner but to jehovah for whom a way was to be prepared through the wilderness toward judea that he might return with his people from exile, is quoted by the first three evangelists as a prophecy fulfilled by the appearance of the Baptist. Matthew chapter 3 verse 3, Mark chapter 1 verse 3, Luke chapter 3 verse 4 and following. This might be thought a later and Christian application, but there is nothing to controvert the statement of the fourth evangelist that the Baptist had himself characterized his destination by those prophetic words. As the synoptical gospels have unanimously borrowed this passage from the Baptist himself, so Mark has borrowed the application of another prophetic passage to the Baptist from Jesus. Jesus had said, Matthew chapter 11 verse 10, Luke chapter 7 verse 27, This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face to prepare thy way before thee. And Mark, in the introduction to his gospel, applies these words of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 1, together with the above passage from Isaiah, without distinguishing their respective sources, to the forerunner, John. The text is a messianic one. Jehovah, however, does not therein speak of sending a messenger before the Messiah, but before himself, and it is only in the New Testament citations in all these instances that the second person is substituted for the first. Another notable passage of the same prophet, chapter 3, verse 23, from the Septuagint, chapter 4, verse 4, Behold, I will send you Elijah the Tishbite before the coming of the day of the Lord, etc., suggested to the evangelists the assimilation of John the Baptist to Elias. That John, laboring for the reformation of the people in the spirit and power of Elias, should prepare the way for the divine visitation in the times of the Messiah, was, according to Luke chapter 1 verse 17, predicted before his birth. In John chapter 1, verse 21, when the emissaries of the Sanhedrim ask, Art thou Elias? 
the baptist declines this dignity according to the usual explanation he only extended his denial to the rude popular notion that he was the ancient seer corporeally resuscitated whereas he would have admitted the view of the synoptical gospels that he had the spirit of elias nevertheless it appears improbable that if the fourth evangelist had been familiar with the idea of the baptist as a second elias he would have put into his mouth so direct a negative this scene peculiar to the fourth gospel in which john rejects the title of elias with several others demands a yet closer examination and must be compared with a narrative in luke chapter three verse fifteen to which it has a striking similarity in luke the crowd assembled round the baptist begin to think is not this the christ in john the deputies of the sanhedrim ask him who art thou which we infer from the baptist's answer to mean art thou as it is believed the messiah according to luke the baptist answers i indeed baptize you with water but one mightier than i cometh the latchet of whose shoes i am not worthy to unloose according to john he gives a similar reply i baptize with water but there standeth one among you whom ye know not he it is who coming after me is preferred before me whose shoes latchet i am not worthy to unloose the latter evangelist adding his peculiar propositions concerning the pre-existence of jesus and deferring to another occasion verse thirty three the mention of the messiah's spiritual baptism which luke gives in immediate connection with the above passage in luke and still more decidedly in john this whole scene is introduced with a design to establish the messiahship of jesus by showing that the baptist had renounced that dignity and attributed it to one who should come after him if at the foundation of two narratives so similar there can scarcely be more than one fact the question is which gives that fact the most faithfully in luke's account there is no intrinsic improbability on the contrary it is easy to imagine that the people congregated round the man who announced the messiah's kingdom and baptized with a view to it should in moments of enthusiasm believe him to be the messiah but that the sanhedrim should send from jerusalem to john on the banks of the jordan for the sake of asking him whether he were the messiah seems less natural their object could only be what on a later occasion it was with respect to jesus matthew chapter twenty one verse twenty three and following namely to challenge the authority of john to baptize as appears from verse twenty five moreover from the hostile position which john had taken towards the sects of the pharisees and sadducees matthew chapter three verse seven to whom the members of the sanhedrin belonged they must have prejudged that he was not the messiah nor a prophet and consequently that he had no right to undertake a baptisma but in that case 
they could not possibly have so put their questions as they are reported to have done in the fourth gospel in the passage from matthew cited above they asked jesus quite consistently with their impression that he had no prophetic authority by what authority doest thou these things but in john they questioned the baptist precisely as if they presupposed him to be the messiah and when he apparently to their consternation has denied this they tender him successively the dignities of elias and of another prophetic forerunner as if they earnestly wished him to accept one of these titles searching opponents will not thus thrust the highest honours on the man to whom they are inimical this is the representation of a narrator who wishes to exhibit the modesty of the man and his subordination to jesus by his rejection of those brilliant titles to enable him to reject them they must have been offered but this could in reality only be done by well-wishers as in luke where the conjecture that the baptist was the messiah is attributed to the people why then did not the fourth evangelist attribute those questions likewise to the people from whom with a slight alteration they would have seemed quite natural jesus when addressing the unbelieving jews in jerusalem from john chapter five verse thirty three appeals to their message to the baptist and to the faithful testimony then given by the latter had john given his declaration concerning his relation to jesus before the common people merely such an appeal would have been impossible for if jesus were to refer his enemies to the testimony of john that testimony must have been delivered before his enemies if the assertions of the baptist were to have any diplomatic value they must have resulted from the official inquiry of a magisterial deputation such a remodelling of the facts appears to have been aided by the above-mentioned narrative from the synoptical traditions wherein the high priest and scribes ask jesus by what authority he does such things as the casting out of the buyers and sellers here also jesus refers to john asking for their opinion as to the authority of his baptism only it is true with the negative view of repressing their further inquiries from matthew chapter twenty one verse twenty three and following and parallel passages but how easily might this reference be made to take an affirmative sense and instead of the argument if ye know not what powers were entrusted to john ye need not know whence mine are given the following are substituted since ye know what john has declared concerning me ye must also know what power and dignity belong to me whereupon what was originally a question addressed to jesus transformed itself into a message to the baptist the judgment of jesus on the character of john is delivered on two occasions in the synoptical gospels first after the departure of john's messengers from matthew chapter eleven verse seven and following secondly after the appearance of elias at the transfiguration from matthew chapter seventeen verse twelve and following 
in reply to the question of a disciple. In the fourth gospel, after an appeal to the Baptist's testimony, Jesus pronounces an eulogium on him in the presence of the Jews. Verse 35. After referring, as above remarked, to their sending to John. In this passage, he calls the Baptist a burning and a shining light, in whose beams the fickle people were for a season willing to rejoice. In one synoptical passage, he declares John to be the promised Elias. In the other, there are three points to be distinguished. First, with respect to the character and agency of John, the severity and firmness of his mind, and the preeminence which, as the messianic forerunner, who, with forcible hand, had opened the kingdom of heaven, he maintained even over the prophets, are extolled, from verses 7 through 14. Secondly, in relation to Jesus and the citizens of the kingdom of heaven, the Baptist, though exalted above all the members of the Old Testament economy, is declared to be in the rear of every one on whom, through Jesus, the new light had arisen. Verse 11. We see how Jesus understood this from what follows. From verse 18. When we compare it with Matthew chapter 9, verse 16 and following. In the former passage, Jesus describes John as neither eating nor drinking. And in the latter, it is this very asceticism which is said to liken him to the old garments and old bottles, with which the new, introduced by Jesus, will not agree. What else, then, could it be, in which the Baptist was beneath the children of the kingdom of Jesus, but, in connection with his non-recognition or only qualified acknowledgment of Jesus as Messiah, the spirit of external observance which still clung to fasting and similar works, and his gloomy asceticism. And, in truth, freedom from these is the test of transition from a religion of bondage to one of liberty and spirituality. Thirdly, with respect to the relation in which the agency of John and Jesus stood to their contemporaries, the same inaptitude to receive the ministrations of both is complained of, in verse 16 and following, although in verse 12 it is observed that the violent zeal of some biastai had, under the guidance of John, wrested for them an entrance into the kingdom of the Messiah. In conclusion, we must take a review of the steps by which tradition has gradually annexed itself to the simple historical traits of the relation between John and Jesus. Thus, much seems to be historical. That Jesus, attracted by the fame of the Baptist, put himself under the tuition of that preacher, and that, having remained some time among his followers, and been initiated into his ideas of the approaching messianic kingdom, he, after the imprisonment of John, carried on, under certain modifications, the same work, never ceasing, even when he had far surpassed his predecessor, to render him due homage. The first addition to this, in the Christian legend, was that John had taken approving notice of Jesus. During his public ministry, 
it was known that he had only indefinitely referred to one coming after him but it behooved him at least in a conjectural way to point out jesus personally as that successor to this it was thought he might have been moved by the fame of the works of jesus which loud as it was might even penetrate the walls of his prison then was formed matthew's narrative of the message from prison the first modest attempt to make the baptist a witness for jesus and hence clothed in an interrogation because a categorical testimony was too unprecedented but this late and qualified testimony was not enough it was a late one for prior to it there was the baptism which jesus received from john and by which he in a certain degree placed himself in subordination to the baptist hence those scenes in luke by which the baptist was placed even before his birth in a subservient relation to jesus not only was it a late testimony which that message contained it was but half a one for the question implied uncertainty and ho ercomenos conveyed indecision hence in the fourth gospel there is no longer a question about the messiahship of jesus but the most solemn asseverations on that head and we have the most pointed declarations of the eternal divine nature of jesus and his character as the suffering messiah in a narrative aiming at unity as does the fourth gospel these very pointed declarations could not stand by the side of the dubious message which is therefore only found in this gospel under a totally reorganized form neither does this message accord with that which in the synoptical gospels is made to occur at the baptism of jesus and even earlier in his intercourse with john but the first three evangelists in their loose compositions admitted along with the more recent form of the tradition the less complete one because they attached less importance to the question of john than to the consequent discourse of jesus end of section forty seven